Okay, here we go again. Uh, I just got through writing down the last of my notes for this broadcast. I was hoping to get it done yesterday, uh, Wednesday. Today is Tuesday, uh, excuse me, Thursday, uh, 10-20-22. This will be broadcast on uh, this coming Sunday. But anyway, uh, here's the play-in music. You are listening to KPCALP, Petaluma, California, at 103.3 FM and worldwide at www.kpca.fm. And this is The Midnight Skeptic. The views of The Midnight Skeptic are not, repeat, not, necessarily the views of KPCA or any of its affiliates. Okay, um, I have my respectable solid blue shirt on today rather than one of my uh, uh, Hawaiian shirts uh, in case uh, I'm freaking out all my thousands and thousands of listeners and uh, I'm three weeks into eye drop city uh, after my uh, eye surgery, my cataract surgery. Uh, I still need these for reader, reading and close-up work, like looking at my notes. And I hope I don't stray too far off my notes this time. But um, my distance viewing is fine now. I can see what the writing is on the TV screen from across the room. Okay, uh, the views of the Midnight Skeptic, blah, 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 should be everybody's views. I am the lefty of lefties, and I am proudly woke. If uh, there are any disagreements with any of my opinions that I rant about, uh, send all objections and suggestions, uh, death threats and... Uh, you know, hate mail to the midnight skeptic at gmail.com. I'll get it and I'll know what to do with it. Um, so, anyhow, uh, shout outs, shout out, shout outs. Uh, Anchor.fm. I'm on Spotify via Anchor.fm. Um, you know, there's a 10 or so people over in the EU that listen to me, one in Russia still, uh, two in Canada. Uh, a couple in New Zealand and a couple in Australia. Okay, that's the international crowd of fans of the Midnight Skeptic. And uh, locally, uh, Tom Gaffey, uh, a new Sunday night listener, manager of the Phoenix Theater here in uh, here in Petaluma, the kind of the hangout for alternative teens. And uh, okay, Nariman. Uh, Keith and Cody, Tom and Nancy, Kevin and Lori. Um, let me readjust my notes here so I don't have to look down and let everybody see my rapidly decreasing hair in the back of my head. Okay. Uh, Kevin and Lori up in Katati, Rich and Kathy Berger over in uh, Sebastopol, Stan and Kathy in, down in Pacifica, along with Susan Miller. Um, hopefully... Uh, she's as lefty as I am. Um, Stan said she was pretty progressive uh, when he uh, said that 
she listens every now and then. Okay, uh, Tim Conrad locally, uh, Dennis and Megan down in Tiburon. Megan, get well, take care of yourself. Uh, Yvonne Santos in San Francisco, Dave and Rosie up in Sacramento, and Mickey Huff up in Sacramento, who commutes down to Diablo Valley College, where he's a uh, um, professor of history and communications, and he is also the godfather of Project Censored. Please, all my listeners and watchers out there, go to projectcensored.com and see what they have to offer there. But I encourage you to sign up for their uh, newsletter and... I promise you that by the next show, I will know for sure whether that newsletter is weekly or monthly. I'm still not sure. I'm just too lazy to go there myself and find out. But I will. I promise you all. And I keep my promises eventually. Okay. Uh, down in Arizona, my brother Brandon and his wife Mina, Andrea and Tim. Andrea's a nurse. Take care of yourself. COVID is not over a new variant is making its rounds. And there, three little terrorists, uh, I think 864, I believe, is their ages now, the three little terrorists. Okay, Karina Hilliard down in uh, Patagonia, Arizona, in Arkansas. Sh Shannon Reed, good luck with your new uh, massage and uh, wellness business. Uh, Florida, Nelson and Alice Lydell, Amelia Beamer, who is now living in New Smyrna Beach, North Carolina, in Dr. Dave Rubin, uh, Long Island, Gerilyn Goldfinger, and then the Sonora crowd, Robert and Colleen Finnegan. Robert, uh, I'm going to call you tomorrow, Friday, and uh, see how you're doing. Um, I hope your heart isn't too blocked up. Um, and take care of yourself. Bob and Sandy Fisher. Bob, same with you. I'm going to call tomorrow, Friday, see how you're doing. Uh, Martha and Brad. Martha's a nurse up there. Same advice for you as I gave to uh, Andrea down in uh, Phoenix. Uh, Darl Larson, Judy May, Kathy Francis, um, Leonidas Maciel, uh, John Gleason and his two daughters, Jennifer and... Tiffany. All of you, take care. All right. Well, let's get to the meat of the show. Um, I've not been ranting very much. I'm concentrating on finding good news, and I think I've succeeded on this show. There's not going to be a whole lot of bad news, but uh, anyway. Uh, good, very good environmental news. A renewable energy plant is being commissioned as we speak in Oregon. Um, and I saw this article on Wednesday, 10-5. Uh, uh, so by now, it's 10-20. You know, They've had uh, oh, 15 days to get this thing really up and working. But uh, it's going to combine solar power, wind power, and a massive uh, battery uh, outlay that's going to store all this energy to where um, these uh, millions of uh, homes are going to have energy whether or not the sun's out or the wind is blowing or what have you. But uh, that's very good news. And 
uh, Oregon is determined to get off of um, fossil fuels by, I think, the last I heard, they were going to try for uh, 2030. I wish them well. And California is on its way to do likewise. Uh, we're going to go completely over to electric vehicles um, by 2035 and uh, sooner, I hope. And uh, we're going to have uh, charging stations throughout the state very soon. Okay. Very good news for girls. Mackenzie Scott gives $85 million to the Girl Scouts and 29 of its local branches. It's the largest donation from an individual since the group's founding in 1912, um, 110 years ago. The money will be used to um, make their camp properties more resistant to the impacts of climate change and, most importantly, in my opinion, uh, to improve their science and technology education, which they do a good job with, and to make their troops more inclusive and diverse. Inclusivity is the new catchword for 2021 and 2022, and the Girl Scouts are doing it. Uh, the Southern Arizona Girl Scout Council will use their money to hire more staff because they serve in seven very rural counties to where uh, girls have a difficult time getting to troop meetings and other events. So uh, they're going to uh, get themselves a, a, a van to go around and pick up girls who want to be part of the Girl Scouts. And then also uh, a van, they will outfit a van as a mobile science and technology classroom. I applaud the uh, Arizona, Southern Arizona Girl Scout um, Council. Okay, uh, philanthropic giving to organizations that specifically serve women and girls represents less than 2% of all donations according to Women's Philanthropy Institute, which is located at Indiana University. Uh, Tessa Skidmore is the research director there, and she said major gifts like this from Mackenzie um, Scott um, could inspire other mega billionaire uh, women, such as Melinda Gates and Sheryl Sandberg, to uh, cut loose some philanthropic monies to various girls and women's organization. I hope that comes to pass. Mm. Okay, more good news in the ongoing saga of America's error, better known as the orange sociopathic bloat bag. Okay, uh, his personal attorney general... Bill Barr, appointed special counsel John Durham to uncover 
and investigate a sweeping conspiracy within the FBI to derail the candidacy of the orange sociopathic bloatbag. Their, uh, his campaign was just paranoid that the FBI was spying on him and trying to link him with Russia and Vladimir Putin. Well, that's not far off the mark. Okay, the three-year investigation failed to produce any evidence of that. A jury in Alexandria, Virginia, on Tuesday, and this would be the 18th, uh, Tuesday the 18th of this month, um, acquitted a think tank analyst accused of lying to the FBI. Not the FBI lying, but somebody lying to them. Um about his role in the creation of the Steele dossier. Do you remember that thing uh, from back in the uh, 2016 presidential election, the Steele dossier, which included the infamous P-tapes? A lot of the things uh, in the Steele dossier were uh, discounted And not because they were wrong, it's because they could not be verified from unimpeachable sources. Remember that uh, the guy's last name is Steele, and I forget what his first name was, but he was uh, a member of British intelligence and um, retired and was hired originally uh, by... Uh, the Republican Party to investigate Trump because at that time, uh, Republicans were really freaked out that uh, this orange sociopathic bloat bag might just win their nomination. Okay, well, they gave up on that. And then um, Hillary Clinton's uh, uh, campaign strategist picked up a on that and then began to continue to use Steele to investigate further Trump. Well, he eventually came up with the uh, Steele dossier. And uh, everybody on the right-wing side derided it as fake news. Well, some of it may be. Uh, Very little of it was actually confirmed from unimpeachable sources. None of it I would put beyond the orange sociopathic bloat bag for actually doing, especially the P-tapes, and especially his fawning admiration for uh, Vladimir the Poot. Um, Okay, anyway, this guy uh, is Igor Danchenko. This was the final case brought by Durham, John Durham, uh, who was uh, tasked with running this investigation, uh, you know, about a month uh, before uh, uh, the orange sociopathic bloat bag's own personal attorney general, Bill Barr, uh, 
Uh, and it's taken three years to get to this point. But anyway, Igor Danchenko was uh, found innocent. And this is the last case brought by Durham as part of his probe. Collusion between the orange sociopathic bloat bag and Vlad Putin um, in the 2016 election is still an ongoing embarrassment and danger to this country. If you remember seeing um, in right uh, within a year of the orange sociopathic bloat bag taking office in this uh, uh, conference with Vlad up in Finland, and then the after conference where they're standing together on stage in front of all the reporters and uh, Trump, excuse me, I'm not going to say his name, um, the orange sociopathic bloat bag takes the word of Vladimir Putin over every intelligence service in the United States. It was embarrassing how meek he was and how fawning over Putin he was. It just... Oh, if Republicans aren't embarrassed by that, and they're not, what's it going to take? Okay, enough of the ranting about that. Okay, good news, Whew, more good news uh, for women's athletics. Okay, sip, my throat's drying out. Uh, good news for women's athletics. The California Interscholastic Federation is expected to add girls flag football as a varsity sport this coming February. At its meeting in Los Angeles on October 7th, it was proposed to make girls flag football a varsity sport for the 2023 2024 season school year. Mm. The proposal has overwhelming support. The last sport to become varsity status was lacrosse in 2001. And uh, both boys and girls play lacrosse now. Uh, in girls lacrosse, that is a spring sport. Um, I think boys lacrosse is a uh, fall sport uh, at the same time as uh, boys football. Anyway, the number of girls playing flag football at high school in the United States doubled to 11,000 between 2008 and 2019. And jumped 40% until now, today. Uh, 15,716 girls are playing. Uh, I, I guess it's on official high school rosters. Otherwise, I don't know how they would get the number to be that exact. Anyway, uh, and girls, okay, get this. Girls on boys' tackle football teams stand at, uh, across the 
nation, 3,613, which is an increase of 39% since 2019. Okay, there are 593 girls playing boys tackle football in California. Yay, go female football players. Okay, now at the college level, uh, it is, meaning flag girls flag football, it is an NAIA sport in 15 colleges. Okay, National Association of Interscholastic Athletics, NAIA. Uh, when I decided to go back to college and get my BA degree, I one of the reasons I chose uh, Stanislaus State, and this is going back quite a ways. I won't give the exact year. One of the reasons was they were just an NAIA school, which is not a good, you know, upper tier athletic program. They are NCAA uh, Division II now, but uh, I was quite sure I could make their basketball team, which I did uh, at the JV level. Okay, that's a whole nother thing, but that's what NAIA is, uh, a whole group of small colleges. Okay, but anyway, there's uh, 15 of them that do offer uh, girls flag football. Uh, here in California, there's only one, La Sierra University in Riverside, that's down in the L.A. area, is the lone California college to offer girls flag football. In 2021, real good news, the NFL and Nike, N-I-K-E, that's the, you know, apparel maker and sports uh, tennis shoe maker um, launched a $5 million grant for girls and women's flag football and launched Vision 28, an effort to include it, girls flag football, in the Los Angeles Olympics, which is coming up in 2028. Okay, good news, women's flag football. I wish them well. Another sip. Okay, uh, good law enforcement news. Okay, do you remember, uh, I'm going to start referring to him, Ron DeSantis, as um, sociopathic bloatbag junior. Uh, I won't mix him up with the orange sociopathic bloat bag. I'm going to have to figure out some other beginning name. So for now, he's just a sociopathic bloat bag junior. And why is he a sociopath? Because of his unconscionable using of people for his own political game. To wit, Remember those um, 60 or so uh, Venezuelan refugees that he rounded up on a plane in San Antonio and then flew them to Florida for a brief touchdown and then up to Martha's Vineyard, 
where they got off. Uh, fortunately, um, uh, the the residents of Martha's Vineyards are very uh, accepting and accommodating and helpful. In other words, liberal and progressive. And I'm sure that the um, sociopathic bloatbag Florida Jr. Uh, was going to uh, dump them there to kind of make a point that, do you see now, you libtards, what it's like to have some uh, refugees come into your backyards? Okay, well, they were very accepting there. And then since then, they've gone to uh, mainland Massachusetts, where they're uh, receiving um, a lot of the help that they were promised by Ron DeSantis's uh, me, oh, bloat bag, sociopathic bloat bag juniors promises. Now, there was a lady, and I'm not sure whether she deserves that epithet, but uh, all of these refugees were mentioning uh, Perla, P-E-R-L-A, as a woman's first name who promised them uh, jobs and child care and uh, free meals. And she was handing out these uh, brochures about how they're entitled to help. All of it was a lie. And, um, okay, good news for law enforcement. Okay, the um, sociopathic bloatbag juniors criminal co-conspirator uh, has been discovered. Perla Huerta, capital H-U-E-R-T-A. She's been identified. She is a retired army um, combat medic and, um, uh, what, what do you call him, informational researcher. Okay. But anyway, she's out of the army now, and I don't know how uh, she came to be hired by uh, oh the uh, one of the sociopathic bloatbag juniors minions. Anyway, uh, Vertol Systems uh, were the owner of the airplane, and they had a contract with the uh, state of Florida and were paid out of money that should have gone to um, COVID victims and uh, poor people, poorer people in Florida. Okay, but anyway, uh, this whole scheme was being investigated by the sheriff of the county that um, San Antonio is in, and I forget what his name is right now, but he's a good man. Um, she, meaning Perla, organized a quote-unquote kidnapping by deceit, which is a crime, um, operation in San Antonio to lure these Venezuelan refugees onto the plane to take them to uh, eventually Massachusetts by way of um, 
Martha's Vineyard. Anyway, Perla was a a 20-year Army veteran, and uh, she lived in the Tampa area, and she has uh, cut off her uh, social presence on online and put her house up for sale. I hope she suffers um, because of her lies to these Venezuelan refugees. And it's going to backfire because since these 60 uh, Venezuelan refugees were victims of a crime, and the crime is kidnapping by deceit. Okay, and um, this sheriff in uh, uh, San Antonio uh, filed uh, charges, and uh, as a result, they have a special permit now to stay in this country. Okay, so it kind of backfired, but he, the sociopathic bloatbag junior is a hero to the MAGA heads, but um, all right-thinking, compassionate citizens of the U.S. should see what a sociopath um, and kind of a bloat bag, not as bad as the orange bloat bag, but what kind of horrible person he is. Where do the Republicans come up with these horrible people? Okay. Okay, uh, bad news being rectified. Okay, I got to take a sip for this. Okay, bad news being rectified. Okay, the female clitoris is finally emerging from a medical blind spot. Women's sexual health is finally here in the 21st century being paid attention to. Some urologists compare the vulva to, quote, a small town in the Midwest, unquote, says Dr. Erwin Goldstein, a urologist and pioneer in the field of sexual medicine. Doctors tend to pass through it, this small Midwestern town, uh, barely looking up on their way to their destination, which is the cervix and uterus. That's where the real medical action is, colon, ultrasound, pap smears, IUD insertions, and childbirth. If the vulva is a whole, oh, if the vulva as a whole, W-H-O-L-E, uh, is an underappreciated city, the clitoris is a local roadside bar, little known, seldom considered, and probably best avoided. Mm. And here's another quote. It's completely ignored by pretty much everyone, said Dr. Rachel Rubin, a urologist and sexual health specialist. Quote, there's no medical community that has taken ownership 
in the research, the management, or in the diagnosis of uh, vulva-related conditions. Now, she's part of uh, uh, Dr. Erwin Goldstein's clinic, and uh, she learned nothing about the clitoris in medical school. Today, Dr. Rubin has appointed herself Washington's premier clitorologist. Let's see. Clitorologist. Okay. Okay. Uh, a made up word. Uh, she and Dr. Goldstein in their clinic found that failure to examine the vulva and clitoris led doctors to regularly overlook sexual health conditions. Nearly one in four patients had clitoral adhesions where the hood of the clitoris sticks to the glands of the clitoris and can lead to irritation, pain, and decreased sexual pleasure. They say that all health providers for women should routinely examine the clitoris. Okay, slight break. Okay, Dr. Helen O'Connell, Australia's first female urologist, said that in her own medical training, the clitoris was barely mentioned. She set out to investigate the full anatomy of the clitoris using microdissection and MRI imaging. In 2005, you know, like 17 years ago, that's recent. And they're still finding things out about the human body. Okay. In 2005, her work was published. The outer nub, the glands, the small part of the clitoris that can be seen and touched, was just the tip of the iceberg, almost literally. The full organ female clitoris, extended far beneath the surface, comprising two teardrop-shaped bulbs, two arms, and a shaft. Consisting of erectile tissue, it wraps around the vagina. Every patient that enters their clinic, regardless of their age, is given a handheld mirror and taken on a guided tour of their whole vulvar area. Okay, good for them. And good for Dr. Helen O'Connell for finally, you know, bringing this hitherto unknown organ and its completeness to light to modern medical light. And oh, I should have written this down, and I have written it down like about a year ago on a show. There's an artist, uh, and her specialty is um, clitoris art. 
and uh, she made a sculpture of the entire uh, clitoris with those uh, two legs and the two teardrop-shaped bulbs and the shaft, which curves back into um, the glands, the, the small little part that can be seen and touched. And, um, uh, okay, on next week's show, I will have that information for you. Okay, what else was I going to tell you all next week? Anyway, uh, it'll come to me. Okay. Uh, I hate to bring this up, but it's bad news. Female genital mutilation, or FGM, is still practiced in the 21st century. It's still practiced today within certain... Muslim societies. Uh, let me reiterate again that uh, I am not anti-Islamic Islamic, any more than I'm anti any other religions. They are all bad news for women. All religions are um, uh, anti-woman. Mm. Let's see, I'm off my notes. Uh, misogynistic. Uh, that was a word I was looking for. All religions are misogynistic. I just don't understand why any woman would be willfully religious. What do you get out of it? Uh, another sip. Okay, FGM is still practiced today within certain Muslim societies, but also with some few adjacent Christian and animist groups. They're talking about uh, North Africa mainly. It was introduced into Southeast Asia by the, okay, and I'm going to have difficulty pronouncing this, Shafi'i version of Islamic law. And let me spell that for you in case any of my listeners and watchers out there want to Google this. Capital S, H-A-F-I, and... Um, Ooh, what do you call this? Uh, apostrophe and another I. I think it's pronounced Shafi'i, version of Islamic law, which is misogynistic, needless to say. And it's a branch of uh, the Sunni form of Islam. FGM, female genital mutilation, is considered obligatory. And looking up uh, the Shafi'ist, Google said there's uh, around a million adherents to this form of Islam uh, throughout the world. 
and it exists in Pakistan, India, Yemen, and East Africa, meaning Somali and uh, Northern Kenya. Okay. Okay. The Dawoodi Bora community uh, still practices it. Now, I'll spell that for you. Capital D A W O O D I Bora. Capital B O H R A. It's a ridiculous religious community that still practices FGM. In 2017, like five years ago, two doctors and a female assistant were prosecuted in Detroit, Michigan, for uh, performing FGM on two seven-year-old girls. Oh, God. Come on, little Fatima. We're going to see a doctor who's going to cut on your clitoris. Hmm. Okay, Mommy. If Allah wants it, what can I do? Okay. Time check. Yeah. Good hopeful news. Um, a landmark trial over transgender youth health care um, begins in Arkansas. Of course, it's a MAGA head state. And this was, when did it begin? I think it was on uh, Monday the 17th, like uh, three days ago. Um, this is the U.S.'s first trial over a state's ban on gender-confirming care for children. District Judge Jay Moody began hearing testimony and evidence uh, Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah, 1017. Um, the law is currently blocked by the courts from being enforced. Okay, and this law is ACT, A-C-T, 626, or uh, House Bill 1570. If any of my um, watchers and listeners want to Google this, it's right there. Uh, it's sneakily titled by MAGA-head Republicans, it's entitled The SAFE Act, S-A-F-E. It's an acronym for SAVE Adolescence from Experimentation. Well, it's not experimental, okay, except Republicans always lie to their uh, constituents. Okay, okay, Act 626. House Bill 1570, Arkansas, SAFE Act by Hateful MAGA Head Republicans, an acronym, okay. And what are Republicans, MAGA heads, so afraid of that they spend an inordinate amount of their time attacking 
transgender youth and um, gay youth, members of the LGBTQ community, they're not that um, numerous. And they, transgender youth, meaning under 18, are not a threat to them. Uh, they're going to eventually be voters, I hope, but but there's so few of them. In fact, less than 0.8%, but there's no um, minority community so small that MAGA heads won't attack it. Uh in service of uh, their right-wing evangelical religious members. Uh, another sip. I'm going to end this show with the good news, I promise you. Okay. Um, I encourage all my thousands and thousands of followers to go online to actually read this bill. It is full of cherry-picked data and medical terminology that's used, they use, the MAGA heads use, to justify Republicans' fear and hate of the trans community. Hmm. Uh, and in Texas, oh God, Texas, um, there's laws on the book that endanger parents of trans youth uh, because they will be accused of child abuse by just going to a doctor and having their kid talk to a doctor or a psychiatrist and getting some puberty blockers, ignorant, stupid, MAGA-head Republicans just don't believe that gender dysphoria is a real thing. They always say, we don't want no boys playing on girls' teams. We don't want no boys going into girls' bathrooms. They just, well, did I say that they were ignorant? Uh, if I didn't, let me say it again. Magahead Republican politicians are stupid and ignorant and hateful and fearful. Okay, oh, ranting, it gets a lot of stuff out of my system. Mm. Here we go. Real good news. The orange sociopathic bloat bag is having to testify in the defamation case against him brought by E. Jean Carroll due to his denial that he raped her in a New York department store in the mid-90s. Uh, who is E. Jean Carroll? Well, she's a writer. 
I think she has a few novels, but mainly she was a columnist and advice writer for the L Magazine, capital E-L-L-E. Okay, I'm not sure what she does now. Okay, it, it must have traumatized her being raped by the orange sociopathic bloat bag and his little mushroom-shaped penis. Okay. Um, Trump said in his defense, quote, I'll say it with great respect, colon. Number one, she's not my type. Number two, it never happened. It never happened, okay? Unquote. E. Jean Carroll said on CNN that, quote, he just went at it when he cornered her in a dressing room at Bergdorf Goodman. That's the department store. Quote, he pulled down my tights and unzipped himself and uh, went at it. It was a fight. Mm. Okay, and then Trump denied it and call, essentially called her a liar. Well, hence her defamation case. Well, he's no longer uh, the president. Thank goodness. Well, he's just like a everyday creep. So, hence, the defamation case uh, can proceed. And he's, uh, I think he had to go in yesterday and, uh, and do a deposition. Mm. Okay. I wish her well, and I hope that uh, he is uh, a big loser monetarily and every other way. Okay, more than a dozen women have come forward uh, over his, I don't know, after 20 years old lifetime to claim that he sexually molested them, raped them, groped them, whatever. Uh, the orange sociopathic bloat bag is just a horrible person. And uh, Ron DeSantis is just a sociopathic, horrible person. Uh, and as far as stupid Republicans, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, um, Louis Gohmert, oh God, where, why are all these creeps gravitating toward the Republican Party and in? infesting the party with their ignorance. Hmm. I promised you that I would end the show on good news. I thought the E. Jean um, e. Carroll news would be good news, and it is, and it is, but uh, I that moved me to go on a rant. Um, and I've got about five more minutes.
let me uh, fish through uh, some of the things that I didn't include in my oh oh I ran across some good news okay uh, plastic pollution cleanup gets automated okay a new autonomous robot um, like uh, oh geez what's the name of those round cleanup robots for your house I'm having a brain freeze um, I don't know a new autonomous robot that collects floating waste from harbors uh, started its first first job Monday at the Point San Pablo Harbor in Richmond, Richmond, California. Um, that's just across the bay from you know Petaluma here. Uh, called the Plastics Piranha, and dreamed up by college students from Cincinnati. The fully electric device can collect 100 pounds of garbage at a time. While the rover is designed to help harbors and marinas clean up unsightly debris, the larger goal is to prevent plastic waste from making its way out to the ocean. Mm. Uh, oh, okay. The device which uh, Hindline, okay, that's a one of the inventors of it, likened to Roomba. That's what I was trying to think of, the name of. It's a circular robot that you turn it loose and it uh, sweeps up uh, dirt in your house and cat hairs and all of that. Okay, Roomba. Okay, this is a Roomba, ocean-going Roomba being used right now in harbors. Okay. He likened it to a Roomba for the water. It was created by a startup company called Clean Earth Rovers, which has raised $250,000 in funding. Uh, though similar auto autonomous devices are being developed in Hong Kong, South Africa, and Australia, this is the first of its kind in the U.S., said 24-year-old co-founder and CEO Michael Ahrens, who would not disclose the cost of building the device. Um, the rover was initially supposed to start operation at Point San Pablo Harbor in July, but it experienced catastrophic damage during shipping, shipping and had to be sent back to Ohio and rebuilt. But anyway, that's good news that we've got a lot of these things uh, coming online to help with uh, uh, the amount of plastic debris that's uh, working its way into the um, North Pacific gyre, which is uh, where most of the plastic debris collects. Okay. I hope that was good news to end the show on. Here is my play out music.
You have been listening to The Midnight Skeptic on KPCA LP, Petaluma, California. And we're at 103.3 on the FM dial and worldwide at www.kpca.fm. Support community radio at patreon.com slash Petaluma Community Access. And remember, think critically, think logically, but live joyously and, most importantly, pet your cats. Okay, um, my notebook here is completely filled up and uh, the very first page was uh, Midnight Skeptic show number 49 uh, January 2nd of this year and uh, uh, so I gotta go out and buy a new notebook so here we go I will see you next week and you you can listen to me next week. This show, the radio part of it, will be uh, this Sunday, the twenty third, and uh, and then the following show will be broadcast the radio version on Sunday the thirtieth. I'm not sure which day I'll record it on, but uh, I'll be just as uh, cranky and down on MAGA heads as I've ever been. Okay.